The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome to Parent Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer over at Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the boss at Windy City Gridiron, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr., Lester, the losing streak extends to five games after the Bears drop a tough one to the Ravens, who didn't even have Lamar Jackson at Soldier Field. Uh, unlike last game, where we had a lot of positives to talk about, there's not a lot of good things that came out of this one. So how are you doing tonight, despite all of that? You know, there's there's a few positives we'll touch on, but as, as the Baron Balance show, this is going to be... I mean, I feel we've had we've had a few of these that skewed more negatively, but with with the Bears, the state of the franchise as it is, that's that's to be expected, though. You know, a lot of the ones that were tough to pull out silver lining were the blowouts. And this was not a blowout. This was a game that was lost in the last few seconds of the game. But it feels similar to those blowouts because the Bears got a giant break. They miss Lamar Jackson. He he. Some virus went through, not COVID, but some virus went through the Ravens facility. Lamar just did not feel well. He could not play, and so they got a backup quarterback making their making his first start. He did not look good. Nope. Uh, he, he was not moving their offense very good. I mean, he they only got 16 points, and this was without Khalil Mack. This was without Eddie Jackson, right? So, uh, James Trevathan's gone, right? So there, there's. There was a uh, not a, your best defenders on the field, and this Ravens team couldn't do much because the amazing Lamar Jackson isn't there, and the Bears still couldn't score enough points to put away the Ravens. It's the old uh, it's, it's Matt Nagy's offense. It's it's there. It's always going to be there, and whether it's Justin Fields or Andy Dalton or Mitch Trubisky or Chase Daniel, it's just uh, the the offensive explosions are few and far between, and. And, you know, like we've talked about a few times and, you know, it all comes back to Matt Nagy. He's just, he's not the guy, you know, he's just, you know, he's not the guy for whatever reason. He's not the, he's not the guru. Everyone, everyone thought he was when he was brought in here, you know, whatever he may have learned from, from coach Andy Reed, you know, it may have uh, uh, missed a few branches on, on the way going, you know, uh, down, uh, uh, right down the coaching tree. So it's just rough. I mean, he's, he's not the guy and it's at some point the bears will realize it. Maybe it'll be after Thursday's game against the Lions. I still have my doubts because I just don't trust anything George McCaskey has to say or do because he, they, they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> Bottom line. Well, it would seem that if the Bears were to lose to the winless Lions, 
with a backup quarterback. I mean, Jared Goff isn't good to begin with, and they have a backup quarterback right now who might be the worst backup quarterback in the league. I, this guy, I don't know where they found him. I think you and I might be able to combine for a couple completed passes in a, yeah. in a, in a game. Uh, but th- this guy's, you know, one of the worst backups that I've seen in a long time. If the Bears can't come away with a win Thursday on national television on a holiday, you know, it's sacred tradition against a bad football team, a team that's trying to be bad this year, a team that producer extraordinaire Robert Schmitz correctly predicted to have the worst record in the league preseason, right? This is a team that wanted to be bad. If they can't survive that game in Detroit and they have 10 days off until their next game, that is a reasonable time to let go of your coach early you would think but i mean this this is a franchise that has never done it and until they do it we're always gonna have to have to go back on that and say this they just don't fire coaches mid-season i know you know uh, most of that time was was george house was also the owner so of, of course they're not gonna you know uh, uh there'll be there'll be no changes for him but but since that time they've never done it and i just i just can't see george mccaskey making the making a move and you know, it's like I was talking a little a little bit on, on the pre-show. I thought Ryan Pace, in order to save his own skin, would have fired Nagy weeks ago because because I see them as a package deal. And if Pace wants to distance himself from what's been happening on the field, his best way to do it is to get rid of the head coach. He, it's not happening. I, I just don't see it happening. I just I, I'm not a believer in, in, in the Bears uh, front office or the Bears ownership. Well, let's add to that a little bit because there's been some chatter that Matt Nagy may have lost the locker room. Now, that's a pretty extreme thing to actually yeah. happen in an NFL locker room. does not happen very often. I think it's fair to say that Mark Tressman lost the locker room late yes. in that year. Clearly, <laughs> when he benched Jay Cutler for the last game, I mean, it was just, uh, you know, that was a circus. It was so late in the year. Maybe things have changed in the perspective of George McCaskey since that. But generally, when reports like this come out, you need a lot of corroborating evidence to really believe it. Now, has Matt Nagy lost players on this team? For sure. That is clearly the case. Clearly, this report is almost certainly linked to Allen Robinson, who's not very happy with Matt Nagy, right? And I'm sure that there are other parts of this roster that – haven't really responded to Matt Nagy or or sick of it. I'm sure there's probably some frustration on the defense for the lack of offensive output. But what do you put with this report that maybe Matt Nagy is starting to lose the locker room? And at this juncture in the season where you still have seven games left, you know, is that enough for you to start to think, well, maybe. I mean, it's possible. I mean, you mentioned with the thing with A-Rob, uh, the person who broke the story is is Alan Robinson's podcasting co-host. So uh, it's it's safe to say that's probably where he where he has these, his, 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 his inside source is A-Rob. So who knows there? I mean, he may have other sources as well. I guess he is uh, one of these guys that it has does have some some connections around the league. So it, it's possible. But the players themselves have been very vocal the last couple of days. You know, in, in the press conferences, they're not happy. I mean, you could you could sense it, you can hear it. You know, they're they're really pulling no punches. And you know, are they taking uh, uh, slight shots at at the coaching staff? It's possible. I mean, if you want to uh, take a look at what what was said by uh, Jalen Johnson, uh, uh, Quinn had some stuff to say. You know, maybe they're taking some shots. Like you said, though, losing an entire locker room, it's rare. It did happen with Trestman. That was just a, a really bad bad storm on on all levels. The thing with Nagy is it's it's possible 
again, until there's an embarrassment of like a, a huge proportion, I just can't see the the making a move. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I mean, they have lost with three blowouts this year, right? And then yeah. they just lost to a backup quarterback. You have another p- possible potential embarrassment on the horizon. You have two more primetime games. Like, folks, I'm, in the next four games, the Bears play each of their division opponents in primetime. They play on Thanksgiving against the Lions. They better freaking win that game because I, I don't think I can survive that holiday <laughs> losing to the winless Lions. I'm going to eat five slices of pie if that's the case. And then they play the Packers on Sunday night. I'm, they might flex out of that game. And then they play the the Vikings on Monday night. The, those those are three of the next four. Not to mention they're playing the Cardinals, which forget about it at this point with the Cardinals. Cards are going to blow the Bears out of the water. So there, there are opportunities here to add to the embarrassment factor that has been this rerun of, of the Matt Nagy era. So th- there are plenty of opportunities here for George McCaskey to to see the final straw uh, and, and have the break the camel's back here. So let's, we could probably just do 40 minutes. Show, on that, yeah, but let's, yeah. let's probably, you know, save that. I think we're both probably still stewing a little bit. So let's, let's try to get to some positives. We start off every show with the trench tribute. That's the first category. So am I going first this week or are you go first this week? I think All right. Yeah. So obviously the defensive line deserves a ton of credit for keeping the bears in this one. I thought they played really well overall. Um, I'm going to save the obvious pick for later, and I'm going to point out Travis Gibson. More snaps for Gibson since he is taking on a lot of the snaps that Khalil Mack would have had. And I thought I tried to watch him more. I thought he looked pretty good. He obviously he had a sack um, and he he drew that penalty um, on the interception. Um, and I, it's just really impressive day from him, in my opinion. I, I thought he looked pretty good. This is a second-year player who was a late draft pick. You know, the Bears traded future draft capital to get him. You know, it's kind of like, okay, who is this guy going to be? But he is developing into that guy that looks like he can be a real legitimate third-pass rusher in 2022 and beyond. Yeah, I mean, if 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 Matt comes back fully healthy, obviously that puts you know puts him back to the bench next year. But like you said, I mean, he looks he looks out. I think it's he's up to three sacks now on the year. Um, he he only started the last three games. Uh, his run defense has been much better than it was a year ago. You can really tell he's worked on his game in the off season, and and that, that's a good pick for him. I, I was actually uh, really close to having him, and I want to talk about him somewhere. I'm glad you brought him up here at the top of the show. Yeah, what about you? Who do you have? For me, I'm going to go with another another young player. I'm going to go with uh, rookie nose tackle Kyrus Tonga. Uh, he just played 23 snaps on defense, uh, which was uh, 28% of the of the snaps there. Uh, but he had five tackles in his brief time in, and and he was a big part of why the uh, the Chicago run defense held the Raven running backs to just 3.1 yards per carry. You know, the the defense they faltered at the end of the game, but it wasn't due to the, to, to the, to the defensive line or the front seven. There was some, some issues in the back end. And yeah. I'm, sure that, I'm sure we'll talk about later, but, but for me, for this week, it's uh, the rookie Kyrus Tango. He looks like he's a guy that's definitely going to be uh, a keeper long-term. And he also may be a reason why the bears decide to part ways with, uh, with the starting tech uh, nose tackle Eddie Goldman at some point uh, before his contract is completely over. Yeah, I think that that's definitely going to happen. I mean, we're, I would say we're a little early to talk about offseason roster moves, but we're kind of not because they sort of had their season end over we're already the in offseason mode. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's something that we, we'll definitely spend some time on in the offseason. And it, you know, Goldman probably, I, you know, there's a probably a pretty good chance that they move on from Eddie just because that, that contract is pretty big. Um, I know a lot of people think that that oh the Bears have a lot of money. They don't also don't have a lot of players under contract. 
that's part of it too. And so they're going to have to find ways to get even more money and figure out how they're going to build this roster going forward. So uh, that's a that's a nice uh, player, and you get him in uh, an off season with the strength and conditioning program, and, and you see if he can kind of take over that that role. And yeah, nice nice player there. Uh, well, let's move on to the tweets, and I, I don't I feel like I'm just uh, absolutely there's a theme to my to my notes, and this is what happens when you are going to record two podcasts and yeah. you try to get ahead and you do your uh, prep the day, uh, uh, the day of the game. So maybe I'm, maybe I'm a little, uh, maybe I'm still a little salty here, but Pat Manley at Patrick Manley. I like these simple tweets out coached period. Yeah. Hashtag bears. That's all it was. And there were chants in the stadium of fire Nagy, right? And, and I think that we're starting to see, you know, we talked about this a lot last year and, you know, we were mentioning this before the show, you know, EJ Snyder and I, we, we really went out on a limb. Like we went like out far and we're like, this guy's done. Like, we, I don't think he really understands offense, uh, you know, holistically anyway, he doesn't really know how to marry the run game with the pass game. Um, he seems like a good guy. He seems like he has the leadership thing, but that's not enough. Like bears need to move on. And we kind of went out there. And they they kept them, and it's like, well, I'm already out on this island a little bit. But you see what happens when the Bears play a team that's well-coached. And it seems like they never get the better of a team that's well-coached. They they can beat teams that have a first-year head coach that's still trying to figure it out. They can beat teams that maybe have a coach that's about to get fired. Like Matt Patricia. (laughs) Right. Right. Stuff and like they that, can beat yeah. up on Matt Patricia. <laughs> but the, a lot of a lot of these coaches that are longstanding head coaches, they just seem to be able to beat the Bears because they ha- they know what they're doing in terms of game management and things like that. And I have another game management thing that I'm going to bring up later. But just like that theme of out coached is really what I'm taking away from the Matt Nagy era. Matt Nagy is it seems like he's out coached every week. I mean, there's 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 always something, whether it's a, a bungled timeout, you know, a, a, a bad penalty after a timeout, his inability to get his team ready after a bye week. You know, these are just like these aren't new. This is what's been going on since the whole Matt Nagy era. And yes, he had the first year, what was great, but since then, trash, terrible, really awful stuff. Uh, but for me, for for my tweet of the week, um, after the game, I was watching the Bears postgame live. Uh, with former Bears quarterback Jim Miller. He mentioned that he thought Justin Fields got no help from the offensive scheme today. And then uh, SF Esperito at ESPO68 tweeted back at me, he never gets any help talking about Fields, no RPOs, no screens. They do absolutely nothing when it comes to playing to his strengths. And this is a theme we've heard for years with Matt Nagy. He has a specific quarterback with a specific set of skills, and he's not – doing exactly what he should do to, to highlight those skills. We're seeing with Justin Fields and, you know, Justin Fields, we'll talk about him later. He didn't, he didn't have a very, very good game, but again, why are we dropping him back all the time? You know, there was a graphic in, in the broadcast on CBS where they, they showed how successful he was on design rollouts. Did he have any during his brief time in the game in, in the, in the first half? I don't think there was any, it was just, Again, piss poor game planning from Matt Nagy, not playing to his who his quarterback strengths, and he's going to struggle. He's a rookie, but let's give him as much help as possible as a coach. 
Yeah, there's absolutely no self-scouting involved oh. here. And coming off of a buy, that's exactly what you do, is you take that time to look at yourself and figure out what you do well, what's not working, what you can change. Did you see any of that? Because I sure didn't, right? There is no self-scouting involved with this coaching staff, and that is frustrating. You know, Fields has had two pretty good games in a row, you know, and then – but there was none of the stuff that he had for success. He he was pretty good uh, with, with 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 the ball in his hands against Steelers. I think at two ninety one, uh, he, he was out of the pocket making plays. And then the week prior to that, he had a lot of success with his feet. But where was that in this game? I think he was four of eleven. Like I said, he didn't have the best of game. He was off on a few throws. So there were some drops mixed in there. But this is not a guy you just drop back every single play, especially with the Bears' pass protection having issues as they do. You know, you've, you've got to run the ball. You've got to you really commit to play action. You know, the bootlegs things works with him because he's smart enough to recognize what's going on with the defense. You know, he's shown that. And we saw no growth from Fields this week because, again, it's not all the coaching staff, but the, the, there was no growth shown because there was no help from the coaching scheme and, 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 and the plays that he had to, to work with. Okay. What was the first play that was called when Andy Dalton entered the game? I, th I think it was RPO, I, th I think, or, or screen or something. It was a little, little play yeah. action. A little play, right. oh yeah, play action, okay. yeah. What was the second call? That was the screen, right? Wide receiver screen that yeah. Mooney broke for 60-yard touchdown, right? Yeah. Two plays, help your quarterback out on both plays. Nice and quick, yeah. Where were those <laughs> for Justin Fields at the first half? Like, you forgot about what happened against the Steelers because it didn't happen early. That happened late. Like, you started to figure out – what it's like we have to relearn the same things every single week that and it's that's that's what i'm talking about there's there's no building from the previous week of what worked and what didn't there's no contemplation or self scouting i mean it's it's really bad and uh, yeah let me just roll this into the <laughs> to the next thing so caught up in a numbers game my stat of the week my stat of the week is 8 okay it is the eighth straight loss coming out of a bye for the chicago bears yeah. eight years in a row that they haven't been able to take. Now I can't blame Matt Nagy for all eight of those, but I can blame Matt Nagy for four of them. Yeah. And that, that is an amazing accomplishment of an aptitude for a team that's talented, right? To, to come out of a bye week and, and, and I was thinking about this and I put out a tweet where I was like, if you're surprised about this, then you must have never seen Matt Nagy's team come out of a timeout. <laughs> Yeah, because the amount of like pre-snap penalties or like terrible decision making that has happened out of a timeout under under this era too is just ridiculous. But there's just the reason why I wanted to bring up that stat is obviously the Bears have had you know now like three straight coaches that you know just have not gotten it figured out overall. But that that is an amazing streak. I mean, for a team that's won a fair amount of games, like he's over 500 as a coach still, but yet he he can't effectively use the extra time that comes from a bye week i actually tweeted out because I, I i was curious about that as well so i tweeted out the some of the stats from the last time the bears won following a bye and it was mark trespin's first year and that was the game that shay mcclellan had three sacks and i think he broke uh broke broke aaron Rodgers' collarbone in that game that might have been that game but but it was the bears beat the packers who was uh who had seneca wallace playing most of the quarterback that game uh uh, Julius Peppers had a pet a sack and a, and a pick, I think, in that game. So it was just a long time, you know, a long time yeah. ago. And that's, that's you know, Trestman's last year, John Fox, and now Matt Nagy, you know. And, and I'm really curious what, what some of the records are, some other coaches around the league, because to me that seems like it's it's unprecedented. Eight straight losses off by just seems ridiculous. I could see that it 
like some bad teams, like teams that have just been bad for a long time might have marks that high, but like for a team that has overall a good record to be able to have that, that, that seems crazy to me. Um, all right. What about you? What's I'm not going to, I have a negative 18%. Okay. That is uh, that is Andy Dalton's week 11 completion percentage over expectations. That's a next gen stat. It's basically the, what, what the, what the analytics say that is his, his completion percentage should have been based on what it actually was. And his negative 18% is the worst in all of week 11 through, through Sunday's games. And, and this kind of points to, there's a lot of people on, on Twitter and, and in the media pointing out what a great game Andy Dalton is. And, and I, that is not what I saw. He had a couple nice throws, but he was off a lot. He, his actual percentage was, was 47.8. So he's under 50% for the game. He was off quite a bit. You know, his throws were in the dirt. You know, his decision-making may have been a little quicker, but people trying to, to say that, oh, Andy Dalton had a great game. And, you know, if, if, if it would have been him the whole time, the Bears would, would have had a bunch more wins. They're just morons trying to push their own narrative and their own agenda because they want to be right about Dalton or right about Fields being a bust. And there's a lot of that going on right now on the media, and it just is ridiculous because Andy Dalton, he is who he is. He's he's a a serviceable veteran at this point in his career. Nothing special, you know. Justin Fields, we've seen it the last few weeks. We've seen the wow moments. We've seen the, the some special plays from him. So the, the thought of, of that people are trying to push that, oh, they should stick with Dalton, that's idiotic. Once Fields is ready, once once the rib is, be- is good to go, Justin Fields is your starter, see what he has. Yes, it's Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor's horrendous offensive scheme, but he's still got to be the guy going forward. It's just got to be him. Yeah, you said he's he's processing faster, but the truth is he had balls that came out too fast a few times. Right. Yes. Like he like he he rushed throws. Yep. So, you know, it's not like in, in under 50 percent in 2021. Like that is a terrible completion percentage. Oh, you came off the bench. Yeah. yeah. Again, he's the savvy vet. Right. He should be able to do that. I I know. I mean, he hit Mooney on a screen. That's an easy throw. Mooney did the yards. rest. Yep. And then and that's the, that's one touchdown. And then nice throw. Nice route. Nice catch on that good one. Touchdown at the end. That's beating zero coverage. You know, the, most of the work there is done by Goodwin, not not yeah. to take anything away from Dalton. It's a great throw, but Goodwin wins the route and, and Dalton delivers it on time. That was a, great throw, nice was, it was a great throw. It was a great play. All the way around. It was a great heady play by him to, to see it. I was actually on, on a show earlier today, and uh, I mentioned that maybe that's a play that Justin Fields doesn't recognize as a rookie. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's one of those places where the veteran Dalton saw that he understood what he had going on out there with, with just a, his guy one-on-one um, great throw, good catch, but that's it. He had two, two nice throws pretty much in the whole game. And one of them was all done by Mooney. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Darnell Mooney went over hundred yards with a touchdown, but uh, five yeah. catches on 16 targets. Yeah. That is not a not great good efficiency. Day. Yeah. No, no. All right, well, we'll leave that there. We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side of this, we're going to do everybody's favorite segment, Three Bears. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Lester, we're back. So let's talk about the three bears. So hot bowl of porridge. I'm saving Robert Quinn for this segment because, you know, number one Bears fan, my mom, she now loves Robert Quinn. She calls okay. him Mr. Quinn. Nice. Uh, she She's very proper in, in her love of Robert Quinn here. But three and a half sacks is what, what the game uh, gave him credit for. Gives him 10 on the year. Um, his second best season, which earned him this contract, uh, his second best season in terms of just sack numbers is 11 and a half. So he is going to clear that if he's able to just get two more sacks, which at this point seems like a done deal. Um, I 19 sacks from 2013 is his top. That's that's probably not going to happen. But also something to watch for. He's at 92 and a half sacks for his career at this point. Getting oh, nice. to 100 career sacks is a pretty big deal for a, for an edge rusher. 135 is like a golden number if you're going to be a Hall of Famer. Robert Quinn's not a Hall of Famer, but 100 sacks in his career would be pretty special. And so that that would be cool to, to root for as well. So kind of keep Robert Quinn in mind, but I thought he was just kind of an animal coming off the edge. I know it's a rookie quarterback. You get a little bit of benefit there, but rack him up, man. And he's got the Lions coming up this week with this rookie quarterback or whatever. I don't know if he's a rookie, this backup quarterback. Um, maybe no maybe one knows he's gonna, what he is. I don't know what he is. I really yeah. don't. Like I never heard of him before before this weekend. But uh, you know, Robert Quinn, he he gets my hot bowl of porridge this week, and I'm I'm really excited about what he can do the rest of the year. You know, we've talked about his his sack numbers this year, but he's he's been good against a run too. I mean, there were a lot of plays that you saw him, and and I was kind of like what what I I like to watch some of the guys on the, on the edge and on the opposite side because I want to watch if they actually contain. And, and there were several times when he was actually coming across and he was containing, because you never know that the, if the back comes back, he's got to be there. And he's just a smart football player who's doing his job against the run. He actually had three tackles for loss uh, to go along with those sacks. So he was he had a good all-around game for the Bears. You know, I will say that if he had 100% uh, efficiency in getting the sacks that he is there for, right? Like, so, I mean, he has been there. And if he cleans up 100% of his own sacks, I think he'd be at like 17 right now. Yeah. Like he he's had a lot that he's been very close to. And he's the, the guys just slipped like Baker Mayfield slipped away from him a few times. I don't know what the heck was going on there. But they, I think there was one in this game where he kind of slipped away from it. But, you know, he's there like he's getting pressure. He's doing exactly what Ryan Pace thought he would do last year. Um, it's coming in a year late. I know that's an injury thing. And I know we talk about him a lot, but I think we should like he's having a really great year and he's a very good player and he needs to get some love. So Robert Quinn. Robert, what about you? for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, with with Roquan Smith. Um, I, I had a feeling you were, you were going to go Quinn, so I tried went Roquan. Uh, Career-high 17 tackles. Uh, he had two tackles for loss. A career-high 13 solo tackles. And he's all over the place. I mean, he, he's he's doing it in coverage. He's doing it he, on the blitz when he, when he has to. You know, he's really pushing for, for that all-pro nod. And we've talked about it before, but the Bears being bad may hurt him. Yeah. Um, but but if he balls out the next few games on, on national TV um, – that could be what he needs. I mean, he needs some, some, some really uh, a flashy plays here coming up, but you know, he, he's up there among the league leaders in total tackles. I know tackles is a kind of a weird stat, but, but 
if you just watch him, which obviously we're watching every game he plays, he's everywhere. I mean, he is doing everything for this Bears team, and he is only 22 years old, I believe. So he's going to be here. He, he, he will get paid a, a real big contract, and uh, he'll be here for the next, uh, you know, hopefully seven, eight, nine years. Romo gave him a lot of love too, and that yeah. that don't don't discount yes. that. I mean, everybody loves Romo. You know, Romo has not turned a lot of people off yet, and so when Romo's talking about you constantly, that, that's a good thing. And and so I I hopefully that will give him enough momentum in this thing but 17 tackles is a crazy number and he was everywhere they weren't just like it was three yards in a cloud of dust i'd have to go back to that dante jones year you know where it's like the 189 is it just like fullback dives that he's just stopping all over the place i don't know i'd love to get some game film on there i don't know that that roquan's going to get to 189 but i really would like to see him uh exceed erlacher's top numbers yeah. Um, because I think that's a that's a realistic goal, and I think he's more than on pace for it. Like I think he's gonna he's gonna exceed that, and I think that gives you a really good imp- idea of just how good of a year he's having. If Roquan's able to to top Erlacher's best year in terms of tackles, I think that really should tell you something. And maybe we should look at Briggs too. You know, Briggs was a guy that um, was always up there in tackles as well. Those two guys cleaned up a lot, but I th- I think that that's just. I think he's great. Like, and and I think he's ascended and and now we just need the rest of the league to, to figure that out. So um, let's, let's turn it around and cold bore porridge. And I already told you guys that I, uh, I've just been bagging on Matt Nagy here. So, <laughs> all right. I want to get specific here. So zero points in the first half. Okay. What are you doing? Like you, you can't call yourself an offensive coach. Zero points in the first half against a not good Ravens defense. Now, they're not bad, but they're not good. They're they're like average, below average defense. It's unacceptable to get zero points in the first half. Now, okay, you get that touchdown. You take the lead. You now have a four-point lead. <laughs> you need to instantly know whether or not you're going to go for two. Matt Nagy sends out the extra point unit. Okay, fine. Like, I can live with that. Like, it's not the right decision by the math. You should try to go up six to – because if they score late and they miss the extra point, then you're still tied. Like, but you, you you're going for one. But there was a, um, a a late hit on Dalton, and so they decided that they were they're going to take that 15 yards on the kickoff. And then Matt Nagy thought about it and took his last timeout. He took his last timeout so that he could change his mind apply that 15-yard penalty that he was going to rightly take on the kickoff and apply it to a one-yard closer for the two-point try. And then on the two-point try, he does a little out pass that I'm not even sure if they completed it, if it would have been in the end zone. Like, he didn't even run it. Like, so that yard didn't mean anything. So then you go to the kickoff and you say, well, you know, you're just going to touch back. No, no, no. There's the, those little trap plays, those little pin plays where you get, if you get the 15 yard penalty, you try to pooch the ball up in the air where, you know, you basically make the guy fair catch it, or you try to trap him inside the tent. That's really what you're going for on those, on those penalties where you, you accept the penalty on the kickoff. He gave that away for one yard so that he could take a two point conversion attempt to go up six and the kicker on the other sideline is Justin Tucker, the best in the league, who, it, you know, give him a thousand extra point attempts. Maybe he misses one, right? Like, I just, I do not understand how you can make like three mistakes on one 
decision. He blew the timeout. He changed his mind from what was the wrong decision to the right decision, but then applied it for one yard and then ran a bad play that didn't work. And then you lost, you lost your timeout. You lost your strategy, your field position. You lost the pin play, like <laughs> all of that stuff. Like I, I, I was losing my mind and in my, I, I, I'm always going to cheer for the bears to win, but Matt Nagy deserved to lose that game because of that moment. It wasn't just that moment. There, there were oh, several plenty, moments. but like I just oh, wanted yeah. to focus in on this yeah. one. Oh, thing. That, it was it was so stupid. I, I was I was thinking the same thing and watching. I'm like, why are you taking the penalty if you're going to throw that stupid pass anyway? And it was a bad pass from Dalton. Again, there goes back to Dalton. This didn't count as an incomplete pass for him, but it was an incomplete pass for him. He threw a bad. Uh, the guy wasn't there. And if you are going to run that type of a, a quick out route, where's the pick? You know, why don't you do something? you know, to free your guy up or do something different. It was just such a, a boring, basic two-point conversion attempt. And I know these teams, they work on these 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 special two-point conversion attempts. They work on there's a There's a part in practice each week. That's what they had. That was the, the play in their back pocket to, to do when they really needed it. That crap, I don't know. It was, uh, it was brutal. I'm with you. The r- real bad call there all around. To go up six. I just don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, you know what? Let's just let's just throw it out there now before we forget about it. The you got momentum going and it's yeah. third and five, and you run a toss sweep, a t- toss crack to the right. When, <laughs> when you have Justin Fields as your quarterback, you're gonna throw, you're gonna run a toss sweep that never works. You're gonna run that on third and five, and you lose yardage. You lose yardage on that play almost every time. Again, they're not self-scouting, but like you have a dynamic quarterback. Put some pressure on the edge and let him pick it up with his legs, or have two two throws right in front of him. Like, why is this that hard? It's not that, that hard. That shotgun toss crack that that that's never worked for Matt Nagy in this whole era. And since since we're we're talking about Matt Nagy's dumb play calls, the, the fourth down uh, wildcat with just Montgomery. Yes, right. Montgomery. Yes, he read it wrong. Okay, if he would have went a different direction, he may have got it. But you don't know that when the ball snapped. You know, you have to do what you got to do. He went up the middle and. To me, why go empty set there? You know, if you, at least again, read option, something, let him do what he's been doing. Don't just say, okay, once he catches it, the whole defense knows he's running, going to run forward or right. have him come up and do, and do a nice little jump pass because no one expects that. If you're going to do something tricky, be tricky. Don't just do a, okay, empty set, catch it up the middle. And then now it's the Ravens ball. Dumb. Yeah. If it's second and six and he runs that wildcat play and he, Maybe he sees that off to the left and takes a. It's fourth and one. He's trying to get one yard. He's not trying to score, right? Like he's trying yeah. to get one yard. And so if he breaks left and someone shoots in and shoots the gap and, and drops him for a loss, everybody's going to kill him there too. He's looking for the quick yard. Like that. That's what that. I mean, I know Rome was ah. Oh, if only he would have run left and he would have got it. Like, eh, okay, but like he's looking for a yard. He's trying to get that, and that's a bad. It's just bad strategy. If, if yes. it's an empty set. Bring a jet motion, bring a rocking motion behind. Do something on on offense to to not just tip your hand. That once the ball is snapped, I'm running straight. I've got one option. You know, like at least at least at least have a have a token motion, something that to make the defense have to think. But there was nothing there, and 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 I know we're talking about Matt Nagy a lot, but that's a Bill Lazor. Bill Lazor is the play caller, and, and, and until we're told otherwise, you know, I know Matt Nagy has the menu in front of his face once in a while, but. But these are, this is Bill Lazor. He's he's just as bad. I mean, I can't wait for this whole offensive scheme to just be out. 
we're gonna have a, a book burning party we're gonna have a playbook <laughs> burning party when he's gone um so all right i this is supposed to be the balance show and i'm still fired right, up from right, yesterday right, but right. for, for me we have one more negative and that's my cold i'm gonna go uh same as i did last time we talked kinda wilder oh, um, yeah Matt Nagy had his press conference today. He didn't actually throw him under the bus saying that was his blown coverage, but uh, he kind of alluded to it that, you know, they haven't really looked at all of the film and, and talked to, to the, to the players for their, spe- their specific checks at that instance, but it did seem like it was Kinda Vilder. So yeah, it was Kinda Vilder. I mean, if you watch the film, you know, he's just not a very good cornerback at this stage in his career. Maybe there's some hope for down the road. He, he can be something, but through through a couple seasons now, I haven't seen it. Kendall Vildor is the uh, he gets the cold bowl, bowl of porridge for me this week. Yeah, I know we we there's been a little bit of talk of maybe we can slide him inside and run him in the slot, something like that. But uh, yeah, okay, maybe. I mean, maybe with the size and maybe with the quickness that'll work. But generally, those those positions are harder in a lot of ways because you don't have the boundary to work with. You know, everybody's got a two way go at, on each snap. So I. I don't know. I just I don't think he probably should be in the future plans, but we'll we'll, we'll see. And he should be your your fourth or fifth corner that's playing special teams. Yeah. That when you have to play him, you're like, oh snap, we got to play him. And you know, and then there's just no one better on the roster. I mean, who are you who are you going to turn to at this point? You know, there's no one there, and that's Ryan Pace. Again, that's Ryan so. Pace. That's Ryan Pace's <laughs> fault. Yeah, we shouldn't let Ryan Pace off the hook because right now Ryan Pace is trying to throw Matt Nagy under the bus, and you know they both need to go, but. Um, the just right. I had a little bit of trouble with this, and people might question what I'm doing here. But I'm I'm going to say Marquise Goodwin. He stepped into the number two wide receiver okay. role. He did well. He caught four of eight of his targets. Uh, had 104 yards and a score. But that's what he's there for. Like he's there to try to take the top off the defense and run deep. He can run double moves, and if he doesn't have safety help, uh, it, the defense doesn't have safety help over the top, that's a guy that can exploit that one on one. That's exactly what you want out of him. That's exactly what he gave you. Um, he made the play when he had to, so that's great. 50-yard touchdown, 49-yard touchdown, whatever it was. So Goodwin gets my just right this week. It kind of makes you wonder, where has that been all season? Like, why have they not you – know, Why did you they, sign they, speed wide receivers yeah. if you're not going to throw it deep? <laughs> They're doing nothing with these speed guys. It's like, what's the point? Okay, oh, well. Uh, for me, I decided the same thing. I, I had a really hard time going just right. Um, but I'm going to stick with the same position I talked about earlier, nose tackle. I'm going to go Eddie Goldman. Uh, he had five tackles. He had a half a sack. Uh, he only played 25 snaps. So he, he was productive when he was there. Again, he was part of the, the run defense. And, you know, he, he's starting to play much better football the last few weeks. You know, he may not be here and uh, may not be in a long-term plans right now, but he's a guy that, you know, for at least this year, you know, he will give you enough and he will keep some of those bodies off Roquan Smith and let him do his thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big Eddie Goldman fan. I'm, I understand why he didn't want to play last year and, and, you know, there's probably some other things going on with Eddie. And, you know, if, if the Bears decide to keep him, I'm, I'm more than happy to have him on this roster because I yeah. like him. I think he's a good player. So, um, and yeah, I thought he'd look pretty good too. And that's, that's, that's pretty big tackle numbers for, for big defensive tackles, right? Five each for those guys. Five each, 10 from those tackle. Yeah, that's yeah, really that's, strange. That's, that's good. That's good, right? And, you know, they were running out of rookie quarterback, you know, so they were obviously trying to give him a lot of handoffs, but. Um, well, let's let's move to the fields report and kind of close up here. And obviously, this isn't a great fields report because he was hurt, right? Like this was not a this was not the best Justin Fields game before he left. Obviously, Mooney that that pass over the middle that he dropped that's a tough one. Uh, you know, definitely should have had that one. But 
you know, maybe a little inaccurate. You know, he kind of gets that rifle out and just sort of wings it. And if he's a little off, you know, these routes that the wide receivers are running a lot of times, they're they're just not really conducive to to those bullet passes that he's that he's throwing in there. But I I don't know. I mean, you got to kind of give him a little bit of blame for that that first half that was just dull right i mean he's the quarterback so he has to take on some of that responsibility um i don't think he's going to play thursday right i mean he's he's got the the bruised ribs and thankfully they're not broken uh but they're not going to rush him back there's no need to rush him back the season's lost it's over um it's unfortunate because it would have been nice for him to have a big game against the lions and for him to kind of pad the stats a little bit to kind of get those up because you know his stats aren't that great and those are going to be his stats forever. And so it would be nice if he could play some, some bad defenses. And unfortunately, if he comes back against the Cardinals, if he comes back against the Packers, like those are good defenses. And unfortunately those numbers aren't going to really, you know, uh, they're not going to improve that much um, playing good defenses. So it would have been nice to just get some, get some, you know, stat padding here, but I don't know. Overall, it's just not much to say about fields in this one because it, it wasn't very good. And then he got hurt. Four of 11 is all he was. I think there were at least two drafts that I could recall that, that he had there. But he wasn't as sharp as we've seen in the last couple of weeks. I mean, he, he like I said, he built off – he should have built off a couple of nice games. It's not all It's not all in the scheme. You know, that's, that's on him to make some of those decisions. You know, he still holds the ball a bit too loose when he's in the pocket. I mean, he had – I'm not sure how many fumbles he has now, but he's got to be close to, to the league lead as far as, you know, uh, just dropping the ball there. So – you know, the, the the bad thing is about him being injured is he's the reason why the Bears are even watchable. And mm-hmm. with, with no with no Justin Fields, it's like, you know, what are we watching for? And it's going to be tough. I mean, yeah, I mean, if we're trying to look towards the current with the eye towards the future, yeah, watch Larry Borum, uh, Khalil Herbert, Roquan Smith. There are some young guys that we can look to, but, you know, this game against the Lions, it's going to be uh, a terrible appetizer for our Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah, I mean, if it's tough, it's it's too bad if they have to play on Thanksgiving. It's too bad it's not the night game, so that you could just like gorge yourself on turkey and go to sleep early, you know? Because <laughs> this is too early to go to sleep. Yeah. But you know, eleven thirty game is is uh, a little early to to you know you'd have to eat turkey for breakfast, and eh, it doesn't sound that good. So, well, what are you doing? This is a condensed week for us. You got any Thanksgiving plans? Any any favorite Thanksgiving food that you like? Just have to have when Thanksgiving rolls around. My wife loves Thanksgiving. This is like her favorite holiday. Uh, the, the food. I mean, we, we do all, it's, it's, it's all the old school uh, turkey, mashed potato stuffing. It's just the traditional stuff. It's all we do. We do nothing really crazy. But um, we're actually having Thanksgiving on Friday this year. My wife actually works Thursday. <laughs> so we're going to have, we're having, letting all the older kids go do their thing with their other, their, 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 their girlfriend, boyfriends. And then we're going to have them all at our house for Friday. So uh, it should be a nice, uh, nice, fun family day. No, no bears on my actual thanksgiving so to speak on friday so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be all by myself watching the game on thursday and uh hopefully it'll be uh not too bad yeah yeah how about you any big plans uh you know just some family stuff but i I will say in terms of like the plate that i need on thanksgiving is basically mashed potatoes and then give me turkeys fine but like just like a protein and then some gravy, right? Like that's pretty much all I need. I I like Brussels sprouts. Like I'm into that, right? Like I'll eat some of that stuff. I don't need 16 sides, you know, at Thanksgiving. My mom makes great deviled eggs. So if my mom's oh, bringing deviled must. eggs, yeah. I'm in, right? Yeah. And then my mother-in-law makes an incredible chocolate pecan pie. Okay. And so she cuts very small slices 
And so it makes me feel, you know, appropriately fat kid when I take multiple <laughs> slices. Cause I'm just like, well, I'm not just going to take one. Like this is, you know, yeah. I'm going to grab multiple. So hopefully I'll get some of that. But otherwise, yeah, I'm just looking for a Bears win here because I'm I'm sorry. Like, I just can't take the idea of losing to the Lions, uh, the the 0-9-1 Lions. Like, I, it, just, it would just ruin my holiday if that happened. So they I'm play hard. Win. The Lions play. They, they, they they've do. been losing. But, man, they're, they're losing close games. And that, you know, the, the, knee, the kneecap biting head coach has those guys playing tough. So it's going to be – like we talked about at the top of the show, it could be an embarrassing loss for uh, for Matt Nagy and the Bears. If it was Goff, like who's not a good quarterback, and I don't think anything of him at all, but if it was Goff playing, I might like be a little worried. Like a little he's more actually worried. trending towards playing. It okay, was today, all right, it was all today right. he, yeah. he is there, there. There's no practice because of the short week. But had they practiced, he would have been limited. Is what they said. Okay, so that I mean, tells I, you he's he's trending towards uh, being I'm there. Considering taking the Bears in my Survivor League for the Windy City Gridiron <laughs> League. Who are you taking this week? I don't want to hear it. I had a rough <laughs> three weeks, three straight strikes, and I'm out. Man, that was a rough one. Sorry, sorry, I shouldn't and have I, done that. I knew it was coming. I had a feeling <laughs> it was coming. It's okay. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us on this one. Uh, we'll get out of here. Make sure you're checking out the other shows. Uh, it's a condensed week, so we're going to be throwing a lot of stuff on here. Podcast channel. Uh, uh, Bill Zimmerman's podcast has already been recorded and scheduled. I'm going to be uh, talking to EJ Snyder later tonight. We'll be putting that one out on Wednesday. You know, so so really condensing this up so that if you have somewhere to drive or somewhere to, you know, long walks or whatever around Thanksgiving, hopefully you can give us a listen. Uh, but make sure you're checking all, all those shows. And I'm sure Robert will be around to recap the game uh, on Bear With Me like he does every week. Uh, so make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you're checking us out on YouTube. Like, subscribe, leave a comment, all that fun stuff. Anything else, Foster? No, we're good. Let's get the hell out of here. All right, man. Enjoy the holidays. Thanks, everybody. Bear down. Hey.